it says to me, it says that mental health and gun control policy are symptoms and not the root cause. Every conversation right now. Welcome to the Gen X Has Something to Say podcast, a podcast created for African-American Gen Xers by an African-American Gen Xer. In this episode, Make This Make Sense to Me, we share perspectives and reflections on the Memorial Day weekend, coming to grips with yet another mass shooting, and what it is saying about our society. Enjoy the show. What's up, great people? Welcome to this week's episode. Uh, so it's Friday, y'all, man. You know what y'all doing this weekend? It's a three-day weekend. Some of y'all been looking forward to this. You know, it's been two years since we've been outside. Now we all the way outside. It's day parties and concerts going on all over the place. I'm sure somebody's grill is going to be firing up. I know I plan on uh, firing my smoker up. So looking forward to celebrating this weekend, uh, enjoying the time off. Hey, before I get kicked off in this uh, episode, though, I do want to clear up a couple of things that we talked about and make some corrections. Um, so last week I talked about the uh, Palestinian American journalist that was killed in Israel. Her name was Shireen Ewakli. I said something about her being killed in the Gaza Strip, but it actually was the West Bank in the area called Janine. So I just wanted to make sure we cleared that up. Uh, and this area in the West Bank, uh, this, this occupied territory, Janine, that's in occupied West Bank. Uh, West Bank is technically a part of Israel, but almost half the area is under Palestinian control. And when she was killed, they were supposedly making a raid in this occupied area. So I want to clear out, wanted to make sure we said her name because she was actually murdered um, because she was a part of the press corps and somehow she got struck with a bill with a bullet. But hey, who am I? Uh, second thing, you know, I mentioned something about trauma being passed the statement that i heard from someone saying that trauma being passed from generations like uh say for instance your your ancestors were a part of the slave trade and something happens to them and those type of dna can be passed to your um through generations so that you're carrying that same type of drama when you that same type of trauma when you're there so hey so i looked up and found that there's a 2018 review uh, that suggested, as well as other studies, not just a review, that there is a link between intergenerational trauma and depression as well. Uh, they found that found evidence that trauma can be passed between generations epigenetically, which means uh, means that trauma experienced by an ancestor might affect the way your genes are expressed. Uh, I put a link to that in there if you want to take a look at that. That is some some great information. Um, I put it in the context of if those type of traumas are passed generationally by something that's happened to us, what about that gene of people who who inflict the trauma onto somebody? Are those genes passed as well? So I was talking about it in that context. So I wanted to clear that up 
and not just leave it out there. There's information out there concerning that. And again, in my show notes, we have a link to that epigenetics and intergenerational trauma, uh, some information on that. So it's Memorial Day 2022. It's a little different. This is the first time in two years that we, you know, we outside. We, we really outside now. So tell me, what do, what do you guys, um, how do y'all look at Memorial Day? Uh, most people uh, that pay any attention to it is just a three-day weekend where you know you get that money off especially those of, of you who've worked or work corporate America you know that's a national holiday money that's when you get to travel that's your first real time quote-unquote to travel and enjoy the summer and do all the things and get yourself ready for the summer season high school graduation is near we just got through our phase of of college graduation and all those things but what do do we ever think about um the real meaning of why we we celebrate memorial day and you know for me uh it's been more of uh, coming to a head for me because tomorrow the 28th i am celebrating or i remember the day my father died he died in 2020 on the 28th and it still remains one of the most difficult uh, periods of grief for me. Uh, definitely my father. I miss him dearly. Uh, I know he's in a better place. I know he's he's celebrating with the rest of his brothers and sisters and family that were, were preceded by him. But anyway, it just kind of makes me think about why we actually celebrate uh, Memorial Day. We rarely or you hear you rarely hear that when we do memorial celebrations, we don't do anything necessarily to honor them. I know there's some stuff in national and federal level they may. Uh, I think that's the day they put the tomb on the unknown soldiers, Memorial Day. But do we really stop and think about all the people who've given their lives and for what reason they gave their lives to as it relates to uh, service in the military here in the United States? Uh, we know about stories history wise. We talk about um First black this and uh, first black platoon, the the red tails, Tuskegee Airmen, all those things that play a part. So when we talk about Memorial Day, how do we as African-American really take that a step further and celebrate the African-Americans that served in the military on that that big thing of freedom that we 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 enjoy, quote unquote, try to enjoy when we get into some other stuff another time. Uh, but how do we necessarily enjoy that? Do we uh, commemorate or maybe we just need to? I'm just kind of just fleshing some stuff out. Um, maybe we need to take time and, and, and take hold of this Memorial Day and remember all of those uh, black soldiers and 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 countrymen who have given their lives for freedom most oftentimes for a country that didn't even want us to fight to begin with that don't even consider us a whole citizen or a whole person of this country so how do we incorporate memorial day in our celebration our cookouts our beach thing how do we begin to do that i don't know i'm just kind of talking about it 
So do you know maybe this Memorial Day we can kind of change this Memorial Day celebration. We can change some things up and and think about. Uh, but maybe we can add to our service uh, or our celebration just posting something on our social media page about some some African American who gave their life to this country. You know maybe it's just some things that we can think of to just really honor those that regardless of how you feel or what you feel about black people serving in the military, maybe it's something that we as a community could start looking to do that when Memorial Day comes around, we celebrate those of our community that serve this country. So I take this time to honor my father, Master Gunnery Sergeant Thomas Payne Sr., United States Marine Corps, and all other African Americans who gave the ultimate sacrifice so that I may enjoy the freedoms and the equality that I enjoy. I honor you in this moment and remember you forever. Okay, y'all, so this is like really getting out of hand. So unless you've been living on that rock, there's been yet another massacre. We can't even get over the mass terrorist act in Buffalo with 10 people losing their lives. Yet another 18-year-old went into an elementary school and shot 21 people, 19 of them being children. It is just, oh my God, I, I just can't. I don't know how much more of this stuff that we can actually take. There's so much information coming out. So I was looking through Sean King's Facebook page. I came across a post he made about they were there to get their children out first before even considering breaching to and engage the suspect. You know, for me, like make this make sense that you are a police officer uh, you are duly sworn to protect and serve the community, uh, those that cannot protect themselves. And yet you literally said on camera that there were officers on scene, but they were there to get their kids while the shooter was actually inside of the building, killing people, killing kids. I, I'm I'm baffled by that. Please make this make sense to me, because the other the in the midst of this story is is also the fact that even though they got to the scene in a good time, it took them 45 to 90 minutes before they actually went and tried to do something about this 18 year old that is barricaded inside of a classroom and is killing kids and it's so much information i'm just kind of stuck on the fact that they arrived there they found a way to get into the school 
retrieve their kids and leave without trying to do anything to help these kids because they can't protect themselves. So how do you make that work in yourselves now? On the other hand, I get it. It's your child and you're not thinking about your job at that particular time. I get that. I wholeheartedly get that. However, there are some jobs that you have that you don't have the freedom to do that. And yet in this situation where 21 people, 19 kids, lost their lives because for whatever reason, whatever logistical thought process that went on with authorities that were on scene, they could not figure out how to breach and neutralize this shooter for an hour and a half. Someone please make this make sense to me. Because it's so disturbing when you look at the, the live footage from people on their cameras, because this is this is the era we live in, because they are giving conflicting information as it pertains to things that happened surrounding the shooter once they found out. So and it was reported by an, a news outlet that the shooter was engaged by the school resource officer and they don't know what. Whether he fired his weapon only to then retract the statement and say the shooter got in through an unlocked door and there were no school resource officers on site that were armed. Uh, you know, it's just it's just real screwed up that we are we are in this space where you're not even telling the truth on the situation. And it's going to get out because we are in the age where people hit record on your phone and point it at something. And, you know, these major outlets are going to use your footage. And in the midst of this footage, you are seeing police officers while this this person is inside killing kids. They are outside trying to contain uh, harassing, arresting, trying to go save their kids. So how do you rationalize trying to get people outside in order rather than go and neutralize the gunman that was in there killing kids? Help me make sense of this. Help me make sense of this. How, how are we able to, to make this make sense that 21 lives were lost? 21 innocent lives were lost because people that have took an oath to protect us could not figure it out. Make this make sense to me. Stuff is so messed up right now as far as the reporting is going on that information is going to get out and uh, there are going to be some heads that roll simply by the way this was handled. And it's unfortunate that it will come at the expense of so many children that will that will never grow up, that will never experience the fullness of life that was afforded to them. And we're going to raise the same type of questions that we raised about last week, except the dynamics has changed. This is not a hate crime. This is just a space where someone had an issue 
and they chose to respond. Um, it's some it's some hard truths, and it hurts. It really hurts where children are our most precious gift. They are such a sponge for knowledge. It's nothing like seeing innocent children just, they love you so differently. Oh my God, it's no matter how bad your day is, the way a child can look at you, the way they can hug you, it just makes this world such a, a brighter place or something that you can go just a little bit further because that, that kid loves you or that child loves you unconditionally. And that's why so many of us are messed up right now because we know what that feels like where, you know, we think of our own children. We think of of watching children play or you see a child in the way their eyes are are lit up and they're looking at uh, anything, the way they explore the world. And, you know, there there are some other things that we take into practice of how, uh, you know, as an African-American parent, we have to teach our children something a little different. We oftentimes we stifle uh, our child's ability to learn because children learn with every part of their being it's not just your five senses it's just their whole aura their whole spirit y'all i know y'all seen and it's not just me where it's, it's just a way kids explore and learn how to live in this world and here you have 19 of them who have to experience and even more prayer goes to the rest of those that survive there's a story that's that's being printed of there was a kid that was hiding in under a sheet. And here's another example. You know what? I'm not even going to tell that story. You guys can look that up. That right now I'm just dealing with my own emotions and thinking about those kids that are lost. And then the kids that are going to have to grow up with this trauma and the correction that I was talking about earlier with intergenerational trauma and how that's passed on through DNA. This type of trauma is going to stick to their DNA to where it will get passed on to their children. So hopefully, since we in this mental health awareness space, that we are able to put this in context to where they are able to deal with that trauma and it's not passed on to their children. tragedy like this and all the subsequent activities that are coming out about or surrounding the situation as it relates to police conduct, police action or inaction whatever you want to describe it or however it's been described in the media what does it say about our society what, what, what does it say well, it says to me, it says that mental health and gun control policy are symptoms and not the root cause. Every conversation right now is either mental health or gun control policy. 
I literally spent my entire time at the barbershop listening to show after show talking about gun control and how laws need to be changed and policymakers need to be doing something about gun control laws. The other aspect of it is really trying to cope and understand how somebody can be in such a mental state that they are able to kill so many kids. Who will want to kill a kid? Who's mental state? What is going on with their mental state to where they want to kill kids? These are these are very valid points, very valid points. However, they are symptoms and not the root cause. It also says about our our society is that we have misplaced expectations. We expect our lawmakers to do stuff to make our lives better. We expect those who are in law enforcement to do things to make sure our life is as comfortable and free as it was intended and written in the Constitution. But these things just don't just aren't happening right now, not in a large scale. And but then again, you know, the flip script of that is we're only looking at a percentage depending on what community you are part of. Uh, if you are part of the one percent or the affluent community, police officers are great. If you are in the low end of the class and the spectrum pole of your income, then the percentage of that ain't good. You know, it all centers around lawmakers or policemen in uniforms are not don't always equal heroes or it doesn't equal courage. And it all and and that is just misplaced expectations that people that we put in place are are doing what is necessary so that our lives are better and more so that we will leave a world behind that our children will be in the best possible place that they can be in. And all of those things together says to me about our society is that the good of humanity is just not a priority. It's not. Because if it was, we wouldn't be having these conversations. It's not to say that it will remove the evil because, I, like I said last week, there we just have to accept the fact that there are just some people that are bad people. That their viewpoint and their theology as it relates to how they conduct and live their lives is, is not one that agrees with mainstream uh, philosophy about what is good and the greater good for people and all things of the light as it relates to humanity and the good of humanity. However, if it is a priority, those things are winged out so that people can live their lives in freedom and not be afraid of waking up and hearing that there was a school shooting at the school your child is and you cannot get in touch with your child only to discover that they were one of 19 kids that was killed and that could have been prevented. try to move on from this as it will be recorded in the history books as the worst mass shooting of our time we have to find a way to make humanity a priority 
I don't necessarily know what that looks like. Is it voting? Is it rebellion? Is it prayer? Is all of those things wrapped up in one action? It has to be something because humanity got to win and it's going to win at some point in time. But will it be in our lifetime? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But what I can tell you, what our society looks like right now, humanity, the good of humanity is not a priority. And it will not be until those that have the power to make it a priority does those things. So as we enjoy this Memorial Day weekend and um, hopefully we are celebrating and honoring those who gave our lives for this freedom to be able to have this speech to even say these things. Uh, As we celebrate, we get together with our family and our friends and we celebrate. Hopefully somewhere in the midst of that, we will decide that humanity is a priority. Even though we are free to live our lives and, you know, the pursuit of happiness is definitely a a right and a freedom given to us. But hopefully we understand that the good of humanity is at stake. And knowing what's at stake, we should be more determined than ever to give love, receive love, and spread love. Continue to be the great people you are. Peace. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Please follow our Instagram page at Jen underscore X podcast and comment on today's episode. We would love to get your thoughts and perspective. Gen X Has Something to Say was sponsored by Urban Express Kids Incorporated, a rideshare service for kids in Charlotte, North Carolina and surrounding areas. The goal of Urban Express Kids is to make sure your child gets to their destination safe and on time. They offer flexible door-to-door transportation services from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday for children ages 4 to 17. Download their app in iOS and Google Play today.